0: Hey, folks, welcome back to another Timmins podcast. I'm your host, Timmin, and this is my podcast. Cool conversations, real conversations with authentic people. And man, do I have a conversation for you guys today. But before we, I let you know who's here, let me get to my sponsor real quick. Quiet River and Massage. Quiet? River Massage and Revival in Syracuse, Indiana um, is sponsoring today's episode. I'm going to be dropping links below. I have two calls to action for you. The first one is this. Uh, Jasmine, who runs this business, has an Instagram. So just go ahead and like her page for me because you like this podcast, go ahead and like that page. That would mean a ton to me and to her. And secondly, uh, she has a promotion this October. So this October, fall into relaxation mode with $10 off your first massage this autumn. Don't leave this opportunity behind to unwind and let your worries fall away. Um, She has the ability to do... essential oils, hot rocks. She does 30, 60, 90 minute different massages. I'm going to put her contact info in the links below. Uh, Google Quiet River Massage and Revival. She's got a phone number. I can't remember it off the top of my head sorry Jasmine but it'll be in the show notes below and definitely check her out um, I have had a couple massages from her and I say a couple I've had many massages from her she's great and uh, when she says you know relaxation and letting that stress fall off that's a legit thing um, massages are crucial and you should definitely definitely get one especially when they're ten dollars off this fall so check that out tell her that that Tim and sent you And uh, go get a massage. So yeah, back to the conversation. Man, do I have a really cool conversation for you guys today. Benjamin Rogers is on the podcast. He is Goshen's mayoral candidate. Um, He's running on the Republican side to, to be mayor of Goshen. Just a, and we grew up together and so uh, when I saw he was running I'm like dude this is sweet because I know him already and I'm excited to just kind of hear what he's he's standing for uh, what what he why he's running and all the fun stuff so I asked him a bunch of different questions we'll get into that he tells about why what's convicting him the things he wants to do and uh, yeah I a really fresh perspective and I really appreciated him coming on and chatting you know it takes a lot to come down into the basement and get grilled by Tim and then it's not a grilling it's it's like just a good time so So appreciate him. Uh, Check it out. You guys will love this conversation. Check out Quiet River and Massage. Again, Jasmine, thank you so much for sponsoring. And like me on Twitter. Follow me on YouTube. uh, Subscribe, like, all that fun stuff to Timmons Podcast, both of those. And guys, uh, enjoy. Ben, welcome. Thank we're you, Timon. Yeah, dude, we're live, so. Excellent.
1: So yeah. thanks for having me on. This is, uh, I've been looking forward to this. This has been good, dude. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I have listened to many podcasts. <laughs> I have never been on one. No way. So this is my first ever podcast right here That's in Goshen, tough. Indiana. Yeah. So
0: pretty excited. I'm thankful that you're uh, choosing the one. Well, I mean, I'm glad. Thank you that com- that you're willing to come on and hang out and do all this stuff too so
1: no problem thanks for for hosting this in fact thinking back on i think this was the first invite i got oh um, really on anything campaign related when it came to an interview or anything so yeah. uh look, yeah i've been looking forward
0: to this uh, for a couple weeks now so well when i saw i was super excited because i was like well first i know ben i've known him for a long time You know, and so I was like, all right, cool. And then um, as it's been ramping up, I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is sweet. So I'm glad that we could collaborate and do this. And I'm excited for this. But yeah, let's first uh, yeah, introduce yourself to the viewers. Uh,
1: My name is Benjamin Rogers, and I am a Republican nominee for mayor here in the city of Goshen in the 2023 election. Uh I was uh caucused uh into that ballot position uh a few months ago at this point. And uh yeah, the last several months have been me getting out to to meet the voters and it's been a, a really, really enjoyable process so far. A lot of kindness in the community, a lot of people really open uh to, to hearing ideas and hearing uh, from every candidate that's running. So I have no complaints so far. It's been uh it's been a blast uh, awesome. so far. So
0: Yeah, and <clears throat> for listeners who mm-hmm. are viewers who don't know, Ben and I uh, grew up yep. together, so you were part of. I call it Friday School. I don't know if it had an actual name. There's probably.
1: I think everyone called it that. It was yeah. basically a homeschool support group. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Co-op type thing where we'd have different classes. And, um, yeah, I, we, I started going when I was in middle school and I'm sure you went back then to some elementary elementary middle school. I always remember you were,
1: you were a couple years ahead of me. So you were like the, the old person uh, in a good way. That's a,
0: I was the wise mentor
1: (laughs) basically. I mean, it's like, I I remember thinking sometimes like, okay, like, you know, what's Tim doing? It's like, okay. And I remember legitimately, I was thinking back of this, you always set a really good example. In regards to being kind to people. Oh, thank you. And that even when I was younger, I remember that very specifically. So that is one thing I definitely took out of that, oh. uh, that time period oh, and, and that God. relationship. So yeah.
0: that's cool, man. Yeah. I am an encourager mm-hmm. and I want people to just feel comfortable mm-hmm. and yeah, kindness is a really important thing. Uh, mm-hmm. it's life's a lot better when you're kind to everyone. It is, you know, can't always be, Right, you may have uh, someone on your porch at 2 a.m. Yeah, throwing Cheetos everywhere, <laughs> but most of the time you can act in kindness mm-hmm. and it's good. But yeah, yeah, I have good memories of that time of, yep. of that place as well. Good friendships, um, good people there, and so yeah. And then we got educated. I don't know how educated we got.
1: Uh, we learned some things uh, for learned, sure. Yeah. So
0: yeah, that choir in place. Were we part of the
1: Academy of Arts at all? Yep. We. I remember us doing some some theater stuff together. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, um, has legitimately helped me, I think in cases where it's like, I have to get up and, and speak to crowds. Yeah. Um, it's helped calm me down a bit and be able to actually get to the message and actually get to what, you know, people want to hear yeah. uh, without me panicking and running off the side of the stage. Uh, so ner-
0: Nerves are a real thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the butterflies, you start like, oh boy. And then you get up there and you're like stammering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is, you know, you do that, you rehearse what you need to say and you mm-hmm. go up there and doing that when you're young helps you later for sure so what so tell everyone a little bit like family background Mm -hmm. or how you got to goshen or just a little bit of that story here
1: yeah so i consider myself uh, a lifelong resident of goshen i consider goshen my hometown and and the caveat to that is the first several months as, as an infant and that was it's because i was born in south korea and i was adopted. And I was a, I was the first of, of three kids that were adopted. Uh, my dad and mom are Brad and Susie Rogers. And uh, all of us kids are three years apart. We were all adopted separately. Um, but Goshen, I've, I've always considered my, my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of my formative years are, are based here in the community. And that means a lot to me. And, and sometimes I get maybe a bit too sen- sentimental about some of that stuff. But legitimately... This community is is what I've known, and it's something that has formed me into the person uh, I am now, for better or for worse. Yeah. And that's something that I want to give back to. I want to give back to the community in some form or fashion. Uh, growing up, I think one of the things that was always very uh, focused on, not in, and not in a, oh, you have to do this, you have to do this, but more by example, was the idea of serving the community and serving others. And I saw that, you know, with my um, my uh, grandfather and grandmother on my mom's side, they were farmers in, in the community, and they're really involved in, in in that world. And on you know, my dad's side, uh, my grandfather was in the Air Force during the Korean War. Wow! And then uh, with my my dad, he was a, a law enforcement officer for over over three decades, both down in Texas and, and here in, in Elkhart County. So, that was something that's always been seen as an example if you're always supposed to be involved in your community, you're always supposed to help others and serve others, and not just in a well, I want to join a board to check a check mark off on on right. the on the resume, but the kind of service where you you're you're really tired at the end of the night yeah and, and you and you just repeat it over and over and over again because to me, if you're gonna do it, you might as well give it your all mm-hmm. and that was always the kind of example that that was set for me is like uh, pick something that you where you feel like you can make a difference and then go as hard as you can for as long as you can Mm. and watching that growing up and watching this that as i've gotten older i realize that that's really what that's what makes a good community and and also even just personally that's what makes life meaningful is helping others serving others and having something that's bigger than than yourself um, so that's kind of, you know, where I come from with a lot of the decisions I make. That's where I come from as a candidate. And um, yeah, it's been um, interesting to kind of see how how others have approached that as well throughout the campaign process. I'd say most everyone else I've met throughout this campaign process kind of comes from, from that same idea of, of service and the idea of, of community coming first. And that's been, I think, really encouraging to see because you, you see in politics so often, the, especially in the swirlings of the national stuff and the state stuff, you, it gets very self-serving. Mm-hmm. And I do think that when you you go down to a town level, you go down to a city level or a township, you you see the best of, of what uh, the community can offer. And oh, I think yeah. that's been something that's been really encouraging to me personally uh, as this process has started to kind of get going.
0: Growing up in it, seeing it, and yep. it now wanting to be back pour back in, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. that's that's cool. I mean, th- the community. We've got a really cool community. We do. Goshen does. I love it. I talk about it all the time. Some I have a buddy who's like, "Dude, I know you love Goshen. <laughs> I know you love Go." He just says that, you know, and it's like shout to Scott. But um, <clears throat> it, 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 the community is such an important thing. You have mm-hmm. to have a good community because it allows you to grow mm-hmm. uh, into a good individual, you know. And mm-hmm. that, there's a lot of other factors yep. to that for sure. But um, if the same uh, community isn't in place for the next generation, mm-hmm. The Goshen will look different, and when it shapes into and morphs in Mm twenty years, forty years, so it is important to to pour back into it, and it takes a lot. I'm sure it's not an easy thing. You've been around politics almost your whole life. I mean, I remember talking to you with politics back when we were in like middle school, high school. You know, chat
1: makes us feel makes me kind of feel old when you when you throw it back (laughs) that far. Uh, It's
0: uh, I don't know if it's a. uh, Christian homeschool thing because I mean politi- some of it is some of it's that you know I, I, not everyone but I was always fascinated with it you were yep. fascinated I mean, um, we would just chat and maybe it's some of the the education we got and we learned a lot about the political system mm-hmm. um, but I, I have a distinct memory of talking to you and you're like yeah my dad was talking to Glenn Beck the other day and he just shut the you know I'm like that's so like, so we would chat about those different things and um, yeah your dad has been around it Mm -hmm. a long time and he's taken some stands, Mm -hmm. uh, which have been really cool Mm -hmm. to see. I really appreciate kind of the direction and almost protection he's put around Goshen on different things. And so, um, but I'm sure that has allowed you to see maybe some of the inner workings Mm -hmm. of politics where maybe the outside person doesn't. Um, but yeah, what, what's that been like growing up in, in that environment? Yeah. I think that's
1: been one of the, you know, I think in any you know, person's, you know, life and, and, and growing up, your parents are going to be one of your, your biggest examples. And the one thing I've I really taken from watching, you know, my, from Brad's political career has been that you have to be willing to put yourself outside of your comfort zone. You have to be willing to listen to everyone and you have to be willing to talk to groups that might not be, you know, on the political checklist of like, oh, these are going to be your supporters. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to do that because at the end of the day, you're going to have to take stands and take and make choices as an elected official. And you have to be positive, at least in your own heart, that you're making the right decision. Mm. And you have to stand for something. You have to make a decision based on some kind of a principle. And I, I kind of saw that in, in, in a lot of the decisions he, he would make as a sheriff and, and now as a, as a county commissioner in that one minute he might make one side very happy mm-hmm. and then the next minute they hate him, yeah. oh, and, but the the decision process was the same. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll give the example of it might be something like you know um, some conservative issue. It's like, well, you will you enforce this executive order from from the president? And He said, well, no, because the Constitution says this. You know, there, there's a there's a process here. You know, and the stereotypical left would be really mad, and the stereotypical right would be really happy. Mm-hmm. Well, then five minutes later, the immigration stuff would come up, and they and the conservatives. And the right, stereotypically, there would right. be a few would be like, well, you going to. Exactly. Yep. Are you going to enforce federal immigration law? Are you going to like arrest all the you know, illegal immigrants and, right. and cart them up? He's like, no, because the Constitution says this, the federal government, that's a federal government issue. We're not going to do that. Hmm. And all of a sudden he has the stereotypical right mad at him and the stereotypical left happy. Yeah. But the s- decision process was the same. And I think in my view, I mean you know, I'm an independent person, you know, I'm not my dad, my dad isn't me. Right. But the one thing I think I can definitely say that I've taken from that is that you have to be principled and you have to be willing to be confident in your decision making. And you have to make sure that it's it's legal. You have to make sure the community is behind it and you have to make sure that it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And if that, is, if it all lines up, Correctly, then you have to take a stand, and and you can't just like wilt like a wallflower back and, and back into the wallpaper. Yeah, when the so, little
0: heat hits. Mm-hmm. You no, know? yeah, I I love that because I've I remember. Um, yeah, your dad has done a really good. It's, he's I know he he is a conservative. a mm-hmm. more has run Republican, mm-hmm. but I always saw him as more of a libertarian. Yep, just more. because he's more about freedom mm-hmm. and doing the thing that that our forefathers put in place. Mm-hmm. It's not about what our you know behemoth of a government has decided you know <laughs>
1: that's putting it mildly uh, yeah. when it comes to the, <laughs> the size and, and uh, scope of especially the federal and the state government at, at, at this point point. and i think you're right it's it's about one thing i've also t- kind of taken from that is you have to be somewhat independent and you can't just be a party line person on everything because if you ask a general voter well do you think x party or y party is always correct I would say the vast majority are going to say no. Yeah. Because they they've seen it. They've seen the results of pure partisanship. They've seen what happens when the major parties have just basically had a rubber stamp to do whatever they want and they run off into the sunset. Yeah. And so who's
0: control off a cliff is yep. what what we're seeing. You know,
1: and I think that's one of the things that we have to be very careful with, especially locally, is to not get trapped into that. To get trapped into, well, I'm always going to agree with the Democrats. I'm always going to agree with the Republicans, and take maybe more of a an independent approach. And, and in my case, maybe even more of a you know a liberty oriented approach. In that, you have to let people make their own decisions, mm-hmm. and and that so that sometimes makes. Um, both the, you know, the left and the right uncomfortable when when you say that, because there's going to be things that people do that both sides don't personally agree with. But the question then comes in, is it really the government's role to stop them, to stop them from living their life? And I think that's where you have to be very careful with the scope of the government to make sure it's providing the essential services and the essential foundation for our community without coming in saying, no, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this
0: Big brother. Exactly. Yeah. I think that role or that approach that resonates with a lot of people right now after coming through COVID. Yep. Um, <clears throat> we sell a lot of our rights get kind of restrained I and mean, there's, you know, importance in making sure your community is healthy yep. and, and caring about your neighbors. But then also um, when, when it's far overreaching, which Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people felt at least I, I'll say this. I felt like it Mm -hmm. was far overreaching. I couldn't walk in stores if I didn't wear a mask in Goshen, which was crazy. And, um, at months after we've learned that masks weren't helpful Mm -hmm. at all, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, we're, we're going to have more of that. Mm-hmm. And so to ha- to take that approach as a more liberty minded, you know, and maybe it might be the conservative government that's pushing that. It doesn't matter what side, you know, during COVID at the start of it, it was Trump. Mm-hmm. And then it switched over. And the, both parties kind of were okay with both no matter what, you mm-hmm. know, coming through. I mean, there's nuance to that. Yeah. Of course. I'll say that. And you could argue any different way. But, mm-hmm. um, a liberty-minded approach is really solid. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, I and know. let that may be a, a niche issue. What's mm-hmm. some of your like main things that you're trying to do in Goshen? Yeah. Well, one
1: one thing that when I I first started running for this position is I wanted to make sure that I didn't come in and be like, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. This is exactly what the issues are, and then you know basically build a, a fifty-point bulletin yeah. and kind of without pause. talking to people first. And so the first thing that I kind of did was I in my mind, created the approach of like, how do I want to approach the job? If I'm fortunate enough to win this position and and become the chief executive of of a city, well, how am I going to manage that? And I think the big thing is you have to have a vision for what the employees and the city apparatus is is supposed to do. And I think a service-minded approach is very important. We have to remember that the client isn't the government the client or the people the individuals the businesses in the area so the focus needs to be placed on them how can we serve the public not the other way around because i think in any kind of a bureaucracy any kind of a government after a certain amount of time it can easily switch yeah and from what i've heard and talked to people that is something they they become concerned with is that they they are starting to get to the the point where they're wondering what the goal of, of, of the local government is, and and even if that isn't is sometimes maybe a bit exaggerated, that that's concerning if that's what their impression is, mm. because a lot of times as as I've heard a lot of people say, perception is some part of reality. Mm-hmm. So that was very important to make sure I came in with an understanding of, of that. I don't want to go in and simply upend the apple cart for the sake of upending the apple cart, but at the same time, coming in with the mindset of we have a chance to really do something positive this isn't a negative message this is a message of how do we build on what we've done now and make it better and a lot of that is based around around the approach and the mindset of what the entire government should be doing because no matter what organization it is they do you look to the leader to set the vision and the tone and because i fully understand that i'm not an expert on all Everything related to zoning. I'm yeah. not an expert related to law enforcement. I'm right. not an expert when it comes to fire service. Right. But you need to be able to build a good team. You set the culture. Exactly. Yeah. And that's very important. And I think sometimes that almost gets glossed over. Hmm. Um and, and that was kind of the, the main thing that I wanted to get in my head first before anything else of why am I running for this? I I need to make sure that I have a good foundation mentally before I before I take any more steps. Right. After that, Almost immediately after saying I was running, I had people reaching out, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with this, this is an issue, I've been dealing with this for 20 years, Mm -hmm. what do you think about this? And a lot of it can be boiled down to the housing issue, the fact that um, we haven't had as probably as much development in the city as we could have. Mm -hmm. Goshen has a a variable reputation for for business friendliness, and a lot of that comes, quite honestly, from the tone set by uh, the leader. Mm -hmm. So I don't blame necessarily the city employees for some, some of the code. I don't blame, you know, the, even the past mayors, but I think what's happened over the decades is kind of a, what happens in any bureaucracy. It starts grinding, the gears start grinding and you start slowing down. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to come in with fresh eyes on that's really important because the business friendliness issue, the development issue and the housing issue, I think are really combined. That's been a big one. Another one is the blight issue. We have some neighborhoods that I feel like have been someone ignored. Mm. When it comes to their condition and you go into some of these areas and there are a lot of, I I don't want to, I need to be careful with how I put this, but problem properties Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are owned by the same people throughout these (laughs) neighborhoods. I know
0: know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah.
1: And we're not holding them to the same standards that every other individual Mm. is held to. And that is, that's causing a legitimate public safety concern it's causing a, a property values concern. And I remember I went to a meeting and I don't even think that the people I was talking to uh, are, were Republicans, but they were, they were talking to me and they were going through all the issues they were dealing with and they got to the blight issue. And I remember, I think I'll always remember this, when they were ta- started talking to me about that issue and they started talking to me about how they've tried to deal with the city on this, mm-hmm. you could sense this in their eyes, almost a sense of disappointment. Because they were talking about, yeah, for 10, 20, 30 years, we've lived in this neighborhood, and we can't get the city to do anything. Mm. And you could tell there was almost a sense of, well, maybe if you're elected, even if we're not in the same party, maybe a fresh set of eyes will will bring a focus to this. And I think you, you can you can see what the county's doing with some of these properties that are in, in their juri- primary jurisdiction. They're able to start work working through this issue, but you have to bring a focus to it, and you have to make sure – that your code enforcement and your employees know that you're serious. Like this is something we're going to deal with no matter you know how long it takes.
0: Yeah. This is a squeaky wheel. Exactly. And we're going to definitely fix this one first because this is the one that's squeaking the most, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that, and I, w- I would say another issue that comes up a lot is the Im-
1: basic infrastructure. And I think we need to be careful with that as well, because a lot of times when you say infrastructure in a political sense, now it's like, Oh, more bypass, mm-hmm. which are very important. At the same time, I would say, well, it, we maybe we shouldn't look at building more bike paths until the basic pedestrian sidewalks in a lot of these neighborhoods are looked at next because yeah. as you as i've been campaigning going throughout a lot of these neighborhoods you realize oh these these neighborhoods had a sidewalk system yeah at one point, and they've just disappeared. The now the the concrete's like this exactly, and you, it's like you could you ramp a hurdle, <laughs> you could ramp a bicycle or a baby stroller off of it. Yeah, I and have. <laughs> and my wife doesn't let me walk the baby anymore. <laughs> you know it's it, you can you can keep track instead of like how tall your kid gets every year like how much air you've been able to get with the kid every year and then no, present i just that i put my way.
0: baby up next to the concrete slab of the what was a sidewalk
1: exactly the market <laughs> the problem is is that sometimes the slabs might get to the same height as the kid every year yeah so eventually you might have to get a different scale um but that's been an issue and traffic's been an issue and a lot of meat and potatoes issues that aren't don't really fit on a palm card well. Mm-hmm. But it's it's what our neighbors are dealing with every single day. Yeah. And I think we need to be careful in any kind of a city that is as blessed as we are with the resources and, and just the beautiful downtown and everything. It can feel like it's wonderful, but we have to remember that sometimes our neighbors are dealing with problems that we don't deal with. Mm-hmm. And we ha- have to remember every neighborhood, every person needs to be treated equally and fairly no matter where they fall on that socioeconomic spectrum. So to me, that's a huge part of my philosophy, and a huge part of why I'm running uh, for this position.
0: Wow, that's awesome, man! That is, <clears throat> you broke that down very well. And um, you know, when you talk about those issues, I mean, I'm I know some of those, uh, the blight issue. I know mm-hmm. one of the slumlords, and I know he, <laughs> I know a lot of those stories, and it's something I've heard for a long time. Mm-hmm from different individuals and when you talked about the housing issue i i was talking to nick Kiefer, who chamber of commerce and he told us we're 20 told me we're 20 years behind yep like we haven't had development for 20 years it feels mm-hmm. like and he was showing me some talking through some of the numbers and it's like yeah we are um far we're not developed uh when it comes to housing mm-hmm. that we just haven't grown where, where we should have and um and then when you talk about, you know, Goshen as how beautiful it is, the downtown is gorgeous. The parks, they're so great that there is a really nice a- aspect of living in downtown Goshen. Uh, and I benefit from it. And, um, uh, yeah, it's very important. And bringing all the money that comes from RVs and mm-hmm. from manufacturing and from just innovation that happens. There's a lot of innovation that happens here. Mm-hmm. We're on the map at a at a state level for sure, but mm-hmm. even at like a national level, we're on the map as well because we're, we're doing cool things. And so, um, yeah, that's really interesting. That's a really complex mm-hmm. uh, uh, thing that you, you, you're you stepping into. And you can't just say, this is how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably going to get into it and, and then really just work in the machine to make it go in the direction mm-hmm. you need to. A hundred percent. And that's one thing that makes me kind of excited
1: about the possibilities for uh, this office, is that I've known people uh, on you know multiple different political sides that have seen this issue, and they're like, okay, we can, we can fix this. It's going to take some time, but we can dig into it. The issue has been, well, a lot of that goes through the Board of Works. A lot of that goes through the mayor. Mm. And so you need to have a chief executive on board that's willing to make some of those changes. And I'm not saying that's going to be an instant change, but I am saying it's going to have to be a process, and someone has to go in there – and start looking under the leaves and trying to figure out like how we can adjust this to make development easier to make sure that businesses know that they're going to be valued mm-hmm. and
0: oh i it's i've talked to uh, I was talking to a construction business mm-hmm. in Goshen there's a couple of them and they say we don't like to build in Goshen they're based in Goshen. Their headquarters are in Goshen and they like to build outside of Goshen because it's a nightmare. I've heard that over and over and over and over again. It's from multiple different people. So, yeah, I, you're 100% right. Like, well, you, you own a business here and you won't build, mm-hmm. and your whole business is building.
1: <laughs> and, and it's sad because, you know, talking with, with the developers and engineers and, and just general business owners, I mean, they have terms for it in terms of, of like how they deal with this. It goes into their quotes. Mm-hmm. Like, is it going to. Because they know that there is, you know, a hurt, there are hurdles to get through yeah. in the city, and a lot of that is just taking a look at the process and making sure there's a clear process to go through, mm-hmm. making sure there's there's no favoritism, you know, nothing to kind of get in the way of the process, and making sure it's updated for the twenty first century, mm. and making sure, you know, that they can submit things via the web, making sure that there's a, a clear communication method, because every time you send a um, you know a plan back. For, for their civil engineer or their person to rewrite that's an extra you know chunk of change yeah and it delays the project you know and and you're you're paying high interest rates at this point so if you're you know gauging all these different aspects and you have a choice between building an area that will just you know op- welcome you with open arms or if there's an area that might throw up a couple more hurdles you'll probably pick going somewhere else and to me that's kind of sad because we should be one of the most business friendly areas you know in in the region we have so many amenities to offer employees we uh, of the businesses that could move in we have so many amenities to offer just the public at large and i want more people to experience that in the city i want the city to grow i want to see us thrive and and so that's one of the things i really want to to focus on if i'm fortunate enough to be elected is reducing those hurdles so that more people can come here more people can develop and so that we can grow the city together and i think that's actually a uniting message and as i've talked to people you no know, because you have to when you just say i want to make the area business friendly yeah that that doesn't necessarily connect with the it's voter it's a
0: high level term that exactly yeah
1: but when you talk about you can get more you can bring in more housing you can bring in more good paying jobs mm-hmm. you can bring in more vibrant businesses that people can experience that's where you connect with people and you and people can realize yeah. this is something that's positive for everybody Div- you know diversity and density aren't things to necessarily 100% run away from i think some people are can be afraid of like the city growing and i don't think you have to be this is something that we ha- where we have a fantastic opportunity to grow this city and the diversity and the and the and the just the vibrancy of that of different cultures that we can bring into our city absolutely wonderful and i think that's something that that can only happen if we allow for businesses and allow for development to thrive because you have to people have to live somewhere quality of life amenities don't really matter if you can't live somewhere yeah and so that's my focus is to make sure that we we approach that from a new perspective
0: mm that's awesome, man. Um, so one of the things that just is a reality is the past maybe two or three mayors in my lifetime that I've been here in Goshen mm. have not been Republican. Correct. So I feel like you're already um, – it's like uh, you're going against something that has always been one way. And you're trying to bring that fresh new perspective. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're fighting an uphill battle or where, how do you feel about that?
1: Mm. I think uh, even if I was somehow pulling 30 points ahead, I'd still feel like I was fighting an, uh, an uphill battle because mm. um, that's always kind of the mindset I come in with with anything. It's like, you know, there's a saying in politics, run like you're 20 points behind. Mm. And, and that's what I, I've been doing. At the same time, I, I fully acknowledge that it is a uh, it would be a change. You know, for the last thirty plus years, we have had uh, Democratic mayors in in the city of Goshen. The yeah. the last Republican mayor, I believe, was uh, Chittister, and then Ralph Shank was before him. Never heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny. Ra- Ra- I actually one of the first things I did when I when I I, I say moved here, I was an infant. Um, was my dad took me over to meet Ralph Shank. And wow. I have a photo of me as a baby, and like he's holding me. Wow. Um, so that, um, so he was one of the last Republican mayors, mayors of Goshen, but he's ca-
0: Elijah, and he's saying, This is Elisha.
1: <laughs> Double portion. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, but after that, Mike Piro won. And then um, he handed that off uh, to uh, Kaufman. Alan Kaufman, uh, mm-hmm. and then Alan Kaufman um, kind of handed that off to Jeremy Stutzman, and now Jeremy Stutzman uh, has resigned, and now Gina Lichty, uh is the is the current mayor of uh, caucus. So I do acknowledge there have been a number of, of Dem- Democrat mayors between us and the last Republican. At the same time, you look at the numbers and R- Goshen's more Republican than people people let on. And and by that, I don't mean that it's a hard red city, but what it is, is much more independent. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to reach out to everyone who possibly hasn't felt like they've been reached out to before. And we have a really good get out the vote strategy. We have a good volunteer strategy. And our goal is to get the name out and get the campaign message out to, to everybody at That that we can now does that mean it's a guaranteed win? Heavens no. Yeah. But at the same time, we're putting everything on the table so people can actually make a decision. Because I think that more than anything, it's up. It's about the voter. It's about them making a decision on who, who their next mayor is. Yeah. Because both, you know, you know, and I think kind of I was actually thinking about this on the drive over, is that I think there are because. There, there was a handoff between um the, you know the previous mayor and, and the current mayor some people actually think that jeremy's still the mayor hmm. and, yeah. and, and and talking to people you know they're like oh you run against jeremy that's gonna be tough and i'm like no, jeremy isn't the mayor that, uh, anymore he hasn't been you know since you know earlier this year and they're like wait what and i have to explain the whole process to him and i think there is A sense when I talk to people of okay, maybe it is time for a change. Maybe it is time to try something new, and I think I can offer that while still offering the certainty of of being someone who doesn't want to just come in and 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 throw all the plates up in the air and watch them crash onto the ground. I I want this to be successful. I want to build and not just you know alter things for my own own personal gain. So that's something that I think there is an opportunity here, and there is some kind of a of a yearning from voters for, for a choice.
0: Yeah, no, that makes, I mean, I think there are um, a lot of people who are more engaged with local um, Mm -hmm. because of COVID. Yeah. That's when we realized it really affected us (laughs) like, Oh yeah. Who is my, my mayor has way more control over my, daily life than i local local decisions matter and 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 a lot of
1: people don't quite get it until you're right it affects them Mm -hmm. that a lot of the decisions you think are just made
0: off in some you know city
1: you know 300 miles away or made you know five minutes down the road
0: right what's some of the biggest opposition you've felt Mm -hmm. since starting to run
1: no, I haven't gotten anything too incredibly negative yeah. um, I would say that I I had to fight through maybe a few doubters when it comes to my age uh, yeah. I would be probably the the youngest mayor uh, to my knowledge in, at least in recent history mm-hmm. um, I, I would be 29 uh, upon taking office so the age thing comes up so I always have to make sure that I, I you know, explain to people, uh, you know, the issues where I stand on stuff, and that usually puts people at ease. Like, oh, there is a
0: thought process behind this kid. Yeah. Um, I would say probably That's so crazy. It is if weird, you, isn't if it? You start thinking about our history. I feel like if I, if I remember right, Thomas Jefferson was like 33 mm-hmm. when he wrote that. They D- were very young. They were yeah. They totally changed our whole. Like they set in motion.
1: I think Joe Biden was 29 when he took office into the U.S. Senate. So that was yeah. a few years you ago. Think he's 29
0: right now. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, That was a few years ago. Um,
1: but I would say the age thing is something I, I've had to work through. And, and I think the Republican label uh, as well locally, um, because whether you're running as a Republican or a Democrat, you're going to have self um, by choosing that party to run under. You almost have self-imposed expectations on like where oh, your yeah. policies are going to be, like, how are going to act? Groupthink. Groupthink. Exactly. And, to me, I always feel that almost the need to break out of that because I've always considered myself very much more independent when it comes to the decision-making process. And I don't want to be the guy like, oh, he's that you know Republican guy or he's that Democrat guy. It's like I want to be an independent thinker that just so happens to be running as one of the major parties. Yeah. And I think that's been another thing, especially as you campaign through the more Democratic parts of the city where you have to – you try to put people's minds disease and show I'm not the enemy I'm a human being that maybe has a few different ideas that you do but we're all here for the good of the city. Yeah, that's I mean
0: media has been pushing that so mm-hmm. much. It's it's unfortunate that there is that thought. You know, and w- when it comes to I'm not a straight vote, a mm-hmm. straight ticket voter. So I don't go and just hit one ticket and then I cast my vote and I'm good to go. I actually go through and I'll choose individuals on the local level specifically cuz I know them. Mm-hmm. I'm like oh I know this person I like this person I'm going to vote for them and, um, and it's based on the values of that person and if I think they're going to be a good leader or not it doesn't matter what is if by their name if it's yep. like D or R or whatnot.
1: not it's interesting you know, kind of going off on a tangent here the, yeah. the straight ticket vote thing Indiana's one of the only states in the United States that still has straight ticket voting Really, almost every other state has gotten rid of it and it has come up fairly often recently on why does indiana still offer the ability to vote just ticket and you don't look at who's on your ballot convenience and that has been one of the the hang-ups is that people are like well i just want to i know i want to vote for this party so i'm just going to click a button yeah but we're one of the only states that still offers that option i've always been of the opinion like like you just said you need to go through your ballot look at everyone on it and make a, a decision you most people you know have made up their mind before go obviously going into the ballot box but that final check as you go through each and every name that i think is important so i've never been a huge proponent of the straight ticket idea well,
0: even in practice from a local level man it is so hard to understand what someone believes <laughs> mm-hmm. i i've been multiple times where i'm in the ballot booth and I've, I've done my research beforehand and it takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes time to look it up and I can't, this guy's running for this thing. And I have no clue what he believes or what he stands for and on both sides, you know, or usually it's just, on Goshen for a long time, it's only been one person on mm-hmm. one ticket, you know, one sided. Um, and so it's like, I wish there was a way to aggregate that content a lot easier mm-hmm. because it is tough to, to sift through that. Uh, from a local level, mm-hmm. I found, and maybe the Goshen News might have something, um, but the, I found that it's behind a paywall, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't subscribe to Goshen News, and so how do I understand what they actually think or mm-hmm. what not? So yeah, anyway, yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing, and it's not an easy convenient thing, mm-hmm. and it's, that's probably why that street t- straight ticket, yeah, just click it. Don't think.
1: And and with that kind of as, as well is that, um, you know, like, for example, the Goshen News, I, I do believe is going to have a voter guide coming out in the next couple of weeks. Cool. Um, the, is that, unfortunately, as the media landscape has changed, mm-hmm. a lot of newspapers no longer have the resources that they probably should to really dig into the political stuff. For example, the Elkhart Truth, I, I remember back in the late 2000s, early 2010s, I thought they always had excellent political reporting. Hmm. They would go do deep dives into campaign financials, all this stuff, right? Well, they don't have the staff to do that anymore. Hmm. And that's been something that has been kind of uh, sad to see, see go because that was something that I thought we got a lot out of. And you're right, a lot of stuff's behind the paywall now, which I understand why, because of the whole, you know, the the economic structure of it. But at the same right. time, if we if we completely lose local newspapers and local news, for example, we don't have a news station, in a uh, news television station in Elkhart County anymore. Mm. Uh, you know, Fox 28 was the only one. In fact, we don't have a TV station in, in Elkhart County anymore, because, you know, WNIT, where I actually used to work, yeah. uh, the PBS station, they moved from Elkhart to South Bend, and mm-hmm. then wow. uh, Fox 28... Um, you know their studio closed down as well so we don't have even the local tv coverage that we used to have in elkhart county anymore wow um so eventually something's going to have to change i will give you know a lot of kudos to the goshen news here recently for i think really stepping up with the limited amount of staff that they have to try to really come in and cover this stuff in in more more depth everything from um you know campaign finance hearings that the clerks do into the the candidate forum that they had last week Mm. they're really trying to 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 take a step forward with that again. And but it, it's hard. It's very hard in this current media landscape. I
0: think that's a. I mean, it, you, if you're going to be a local news station, you need to go niche local. Yep. And that's this is perfect for it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's cool. Yeah, dude, talk about a little bit about what you've done before. That, like, what mm-hmm. do you do now, and what have you done before? Because um, when you brought up, you used to work at the PBS station. I remember that. Yep. I remember seeing stuff. And uh, yeah, talk talk a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: it, it was something that um, when I was you know near the end of high school. I, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, I had a feeling it would be something in, in media. Mm.
0: Um, Just so, making stuff back. At, yeah, I remember short films. And, yeah, uh, yeah. We we'll dress up in suits. And, yep. Uh, yeah. Are those on some YouTube channel somewhere.
1: Uh, hidden away yeah. for eternity. But uh, <laughs> they taught me a lot because yeah. that was that was the time when YouTube was really taking off, right? And it's like, oh, you know, look at all these like filmmakers and stuff. And, and it was neat because. Now the internet, I feel is like it's it's weird. It's only been, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty yeah. years. You know, since yeah. you know the internet really took off. But it's so much bigger than it, than it was um, than it was then. And I remember, you know, striking up friendships and conversations with people. I realize now are, are very legitimate filmmakers mm. and are very legitimate content creators. And it's like you would not be able to do that now. Mm. And, and some of those people I still stay in contact with. If I, I, I've had some questions about stuff, that I'll still send. You know, I've, there's a guy that I know that's a, I think an Ed Dirt Warner Brothers, wow. a- and I we met through through YouTube. Wow. And so that was kind of neat. So I kind of had an idea if I wanted to do something with it, but I wasn't quite sure. So. And he
0: probably watched your content.
1: He did. Which is so crazy. Which is very bizarre, thinking back on, because
0: my content was not that good at the time at all. Probably his wasn't that great. I mean, it was probably great, but it wasn't like... We've all gotten a lot better. Right. Let's put it that way. Right. And um,
1: so I ended up going to Ivy Tech for a visual communication degree, because I kind of had the idea of going into television, and they were attached to WNIT, the PBS affiliate in South Bend. And so I ended up working there for, for, for a number of years. Um, you know, I started as a, as a student, student intern, ran cameras, um, you know, ran audio, all the stuff, did floor directing. Then I was directing and then I was actually a producer there for, for a while, actually on their political show. Uh, But I did all their technical stuff and like we had another producer that did the content.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. Whoops.
1: Email came in. All right, we're good. I'm so sorry about that. (laughs) I was like, is that an Uh, alert? (laughs) No. Um, so we ended up, um, you know, I, I ended up doing, you know, some pr- producing and stuff like that, which was kind of fun because I remember one of the the projects I worked on there was actually a political debate. Huh. The League of Women Voters hosted, I think it, it was an Elkhart Mayor's debate. And I ended up, you know, doing the technical producing on that. And, and I remember running around showing the different, you know, parties like, okay, this is your green room. This is your green room. Are you happy? Do you need water? All this stuff. Yeah. Um, that, that was an adventure um, going through that. But I I would say that that was probably one of those jobs that I loved so much. If it only paid a bit more, (laughs) Um, you know, I was commuting from Goshen to to South Bend and and television does not make, you don't make the big bucks behind the scenes that people sometimes think you do. And um, that's when I decided, okay, I need to explore some other options. And so I kind of, I went to some different small businesses where I did their marketing internally. For example, the piano company outside of uh, Chups, outside Mm -hmm. New Paris and Goshen, I work there internally. I actually still do their freelance stuff for them. And then I went to some other companies doing Um, Internal marketing and sales for them, and and trying to build some of their like sales funnels internally. Mm. And um, a little over probably about two years ago at this point, um, I started looking at it and I realized, well, I have a bunch of freelance clients, and it's and I hadn't been really seeking those out. At some point, I need to either cut off all the freelance clients and just dedicate myself to doing, you know, stuff internally at different businesses, or I need to make the jump and. Basically, start my own business and go independent, hmm. and that was something that I remember thinking about when I was I was younger, and I remember thinking about that when I was, um, you know, working at the TV station, and that was always kind of a dream—is you know, go independent. And I realized that I needed to make a decision on on whether to do that, or not. and it was also a lot of that that decision process was during COVID. Hmm. So, the good news of that was like there was a lot of people talking about like oh. You know, you know, trying new things, you know, working from home, all that at the same time, everything was a bit, you know, topsy turvy. Right. And I was like, well, if I don't pull the trigger now, I'll never do it. So we did it, went for it, and it's been it's been a process, but it's been good, and I've been able to start building that, and it's been one of the most rewarding processes I've ever gone through is starting your own business and going independent. And it's been it's been good. So we do you know websites, video work, photo work, um, basically anything that goes under a visual media banner, hmm. and that's been very rewarding. Especially as you work with with smaller businesses and organizations, and you see growth for them, that's when it's been really really rewarding.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're actually providing value. Exactly. Yeah. That is such a cool thing because you you do stuff and then it doesn't do anything. It's nice when they actually like, oh yeah, I got a sale. Yep. That. Or I got a Yeah, I'm sure you saw that with Chubs mm-hmm. a lot too. Is I mean, it's such a visual thing, um, so it's very important to be able see the product, to see what they're doing, and tell the story. Yeah. To, to plug a local
1: business here, Chubs Piano Service out of New Paris, which it's it's half in New Paris, half in Goshen, almost. Yeah. yeah that is one of the probably biggest hidden gems in in michiana when it comes to artisan craftsmanship hmm. the uh, number of steinway pianos mason hamlins of the you know the highest levels of of musical instruments that go through there is almost un- unbelievable wow and and they truly have a national and international reputation at this point and it's wow. all based here and so if you ever go to their website and look what they have, especially if you're into musical instruments, into pianos, into like vintage woodworking and stuff, you know, you know, antique furniture and stuff like that, your, your mind's going to be blown <laughs> by, by what's on, what, what they have to offer and what they worked on in the past and continue to work on today. And they're documenting that and mm-hmm. cataloging it. That's so cool. It, it, and that's one thing that we've been very you know mindful of as, as we've worked on that, as we want to show what they, we worked on in the past and to show, um, almost the history of it and, and you know there there's some pianos that have come through there that have been owned by you know famous recording studios and you wonder like what, what pieces of music have been recorded on those oh, and we want to make wow. that public like hey this piano was, was here at this point we worked in, on well they worked on it and did this to it and this is where it went afterwards so it's you, you see just a, a sliver of, of its life yeah um, documented and then you, you can, your
0: mind kind of wonders and wondering you know where it went from there so that's so cool it really is yeah no, yeah, no. I, I remember seeing you doing um, Chup Piano stuff. Mm. So I wondered, that's. But yeah, jumping into your uh, freelance business—that's a very scary too, um, and a big move, and then also rewarding. Probably see that, like you said, with your friends and. Mm. Oh, dog! Do you see it? Yeah. <laughs> We're getting up. a dog just walked through. So. Well, hey, yeah. What's up, buddy? Um, yeah, back to sorry about that. We no, are you're good. Dog sitting. Uh, well, not dog sitting, but we have friends who come on. His name's Leo. <laughs> we have friends who uh, they had a house and then they moved into an apartment and they could only have two dogs. And so uh, they but they had three. So Leo is now with us. Which is good. So, anyways, we're a dog family. If you can't tell, I have a painting of that was my past dog too, but um, he was not kid friendly. Leo is. So, so is Leo a permanent addition at this point? At or? this point, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I can tell he's friendly. Yeah, he's he's nice. So, <laughs> he's not been downstairs. We got him a couple days ago, so he's kind of what is this down here? What are these guys doing?
1: Is is he the next interview for the podcast? <laughs> he should
0: be. He <laughs> wouldn't have much to say. Well, he might have too much to say. We kind of keep him on the DL, but. Yeah. Um man well we can you know I know you have a time time constraint mm-hmm. here and so we can uh but I, yeah what are, what are some of the um you know as November 7th comes mm-hmm. up and we're 6 weeks away yep. or something, very close what what are the things you're doing to get out as much as you can and I mm-hmm. oh, mean I have Two questions I want to ask you. Yeah. So let's let's answer that, and then I'll have one more after that. Sounds good. But yeah, what are the what are the kind of the things that you're doing to get out, get in front of mm-hmm. people, let them know that hey, uh, Jeremy's not the mayor, Gina is, and I'm going, mm-hmm. uh, I'm uh, on the opposite side of this, and I'm I want to do this for your community, for mm-hmm. you, for the individual. What 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 are you doing?
1: Uh, B- basically everything everything possible when it comes to a, a campaign. Um, a lot of lit dropping door to door, you know, getting out to community events, getting out to neighborhood associations, um, you know, advertising uh, of, of every form, digital, you know, over the air, you know, print. Um, we're, we're trying to reach oh, out. a billboard. There is a billboard and yeah. maybe, maybe some more of those coming, by the way. The yard signs are going to be fun. That's going to be a fun uh, part of the campaign as, as, as we get closer here, because one of the things that it's interesting, because I do a lot of digital marketing, mm-hmm. is that people still react to physical. They react to things that they can hold in their hands and see with their eyes in the physical world. And I want to make sure that you know we, we hit all of those facets and, and, and make sure that people know there's an election. So a lot of it's been you know just trying to get the name out there as much as possible and just yeah. flooding the city with as much uh, marketing as possible, because not only do I think that you know, maybe I started on the back foot coming in later, you know, in the summer instead of, you know, being able to run through a full primary system, you know, getting ramped up. You know, I always had this joke internally is I can always get a campaign ready in two weeks. I had to get a campaign ready in two weeks. <laughs> that was that was the process. And uh, I didn't think I'd actually be called on that on that joke, but it, it happened. And so a lot of it's been that. But at the same time, the municipal elections have low, typically low turnout and, and everyone's aware of it. And it's, it's kind of sad because that's where the decisions are made. And when you we talk about every vote counting, four years ago, control of the city council, Republican or Democrat, was decided by two votes in one district. Wow. Two individual votes. If someone sneezed that day, it would have changed the entire makeup of the council for the last four years. Wow. And that is something that people don't quite – because I think some of it is because politicians lie a lot and they obfuscate the truth. They're always like, oh, your vote matters. Yeah. I can assure – sure you in a city election every vote matters because turnouts low and a lot of times people will forget especially because we're going into unfortunately another presidential election right people will sometimes maybe get the two combined because you know the presidential debates have started you're starting to see you know interviews with presidential candidates but the november 2023 election is our election and it's right here And I think that's one of the biggest things is reminding people to vote this November, not necessarily next spring in the the presidential primary. So that's been a big part of it is getting my name out there, trying to get the campaign message out there and just reminding people that there's an election.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a lot. It's education. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's tough. And how do you educate? It sounds like you're going in a good approach, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to get that out there and that's Awesome. Well, so my second question, mm-hmm. and, and you kind of mentioned that in that answer, is you got tapped mm-hmm. in what August or yep. earlier this summer? Just how did that all come about? Like, what that, that was an interesting process as well. Um,
1: so, so to kind of go back a bit further, you know, Jeremy Stutzman, you know, resigned to become CEO of La Casa, and I think you know, you know, Republican Democrat doesn't really matter. Know, Jeremy I think was really well liked. He, mm-hmm. I think he did a, a good job as mayor. He served honorably.
0: Very but friendly. Exactly.
1: Very he was he was yeah. a great cheerleader for the community. And but when he resigned, that kind of kind of threw everything into a bit of a bit of a loop. So it's like they tapped their replacement uh, as both the nominee and the interim mayor in, in Gina in, earlier in the spring. And the Republicans had already gone through a primary process where it's like they they had two candidates. And then we get into June or July, and one of the, the candidate that won the primary on the Republican side uh, had to resign for for personal reasons. I think it had to do with his business and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we're, we're left with kind of an unusual situation. We don't have a nominee. And I remember, I think I'll remember this for probably the rest of my life, is someone came up to me uh, who, who is an office holder and I think is... Um, is well respected in the community and they came up and said have you thought about running for this and I remember completely brushing it off like 100% and part of that was let's face it, it can be kind of an ego stroke to be like oh someone wants me to run for, for political office like that's really cool but I didn't want that to be the reaction because I was like if that's the reason I run for this that's a terrible reason to run for public office Right. And so I, I, I told him, no, I'm not interested. You know, we need to find somebody else. And then someone else came and said, hey, have you thought about this? And I'm like, well, someone else has asked me already, but it's like, no, we're not going to do it. And, and they just kept on asking, just look. I'm like, fine, to shut you up, I'll look at it. And when I started going through the issues and I started going through the history of the office and what the office can actually do to help the community – and this sounds like such a politician answer, but but it's really the truth when I realized that, oh, we you can actually make a difference. That's when it started clicking like maybe I can put myself out there because I've always told myself I don't want to be the sacrificial lamb on, on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And it, it is difficult to come in at the last minute and get a campaign going and get momentum going. But I realized that if I didn't do this, I would have no room to talk. When the next thing comes up and I'm like, well, why isn't anybody stepping up to do it? Hmm. And so when when I realized that combined with the fact that when you look at the issues, there are legitimate things we can improve and make better for, for everybody. That's when I really latched on to the idea to, to start going. So the caucus happened. Uh, there was no other Republicans that that stepped up. So I was I was unopposed in, in that caucus. So so I won something at this point. <laughs> yeah, one win um, under, under the belt. Yeah. And we really started hitting it hard, and knowing that I I have the backing of of and, and this is one thing because you know we live in a unfortunately a very two party system yeah. uh, in 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 the United States you know in Indiana we have three parties we have the Republicans the Democrats and Libertarians mm-hmm. but a lot of it's very much based on the two major parties. Um, And so you have factions inside of those parties and because, let's face it, a Goshen Democrat is not going to be the same as a county or an Elkhart City Democrat. There's going to be different things that they're focusing on and different things that they're looking at. Same thing with the Republicans. And one of the big things that I am so grateful for in this is that all the factions – that typically are you know will infight and you'll see you'll you'll see that in, in politics a lot yeah. have been incredibly supportive and that's been one of the most humbling experiences in this is going into this knowing that there's people that they are supportive and have my back. That's cool, and that's given me the confidence to really hit this hard and the in the willingness to hit this hard knowing that there's people attached to this they're willing to put their name on the campaign as well and put put their resources forward whether it's money or volunteer time, and that's meant meant the world. Wow, And that's been the motivation. Um, so it's been a process, but, and, and we're not done yet, Yeah, but, but it's something that, um, I think no matter what happens, that'll be one of the biggest takeaways is that if people are willing to put themselves up there, even if they don't feel like, you know, I, I look at myself, I'm like, I am not the perfect candidate for, for office. Like maybe if I was just like, you know, five inches taller and I was like, you know, 10 years older, you know, that you know, you go through all these different right. things. Right even if you're not the perfect candidate for an office, even if you're not the perfect candidate for, for any role that someone asks you to fill, consider giving it a shot. Yeah. Because I think we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to our community to, to do everything we can to, to make a
0: difference. That's so cool. Well, Ben, thank you so much, man, for coming on and, and just spreading your message and stepping into this role and, uh, trying to do all this craziness (laughs) in such a short amount of time. Um, really excited to see where this goes. I will say this. One of the coolest things I've seen from the Republican Party in Goshen is how young uh, Mm -hmm. the ticket is this year. And it actually makes me excited.
1: No, it's been um, we have, I think, one of the strongest Republican tickets we've had in a long time, maybe in in my memory. And I think one of the biggest things is everyone's on the same page. They're energized. You know, we have policy disagreements, but that doesn't matter. We're working together. And we're willing to work with anybody for, for the good of the city. And you don't see that all the time.
0: Yeah,
1: And that has been really inspiring and really encouraging going into this. And it makes you want to work harder. And then when the next person works harder, you work harder. And it just kind of goes down the line. And I think you're going to see a lot of stuff from the Republican candidates this go around due to that energy that you might not have seen in the mm-hmm. past. We're, we're willing to reach out and, and talk to everybody because we have confidence in our message, and we have a confidence in the team that we're presenting uh, to the rest of the city. That's so cool.
0: Uh, where can people find you? Or is there any last things you want to shout out? So, both of those.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I guess the first thing is make sure to vote. Uh, voter registration deadline is coming up in about two weeks uh, at the time of this recording. So, make sure you go to indianavoters.com uh, to check your voter registration. It's really easy. The state actually, I think, has one of the best websites available to do that. Cool. Uh, out, of all, out of all the ones I've seen, typically, you know, a lot of times government websites aren't the easiest things to get through. Yeah. Um, the indianavoters.com is excellent. So make sure you're registered to vote. Make sure your voter registration is updated. And um, make sure to vote because the turnout in this municipal election is typically quite low. So you have the ability to make a difference. You have the ability to actually visibly make a difference in the election result. Wow. And it's right here in front. Of you. you can vote at any vote center. We have a great vote center system in Elkhart County. You don't have to remember what precinct you're in. Mm-hmm. You just walk in your photo ID, say, I'm here to vote. They'll show you, you know, show you to the, the polling place and you're in and out of there in a couple of minutes. It's very easy. It's very easy. The clerk's office does a great job with it. So make sure you go out and vote. And to find out more about me, if you haven't gotten like a door hanger or something on your door yet, um, Rogers is my website. And you can also Google that. And, uh, also on Facebook as well, we have a pretty active Facebook page, um, showing what we're doing in the community and, uh, and uh, some of the issues. So, uh, any anywhere online, also on my website, my my phone number, my emails on there. I try to re- respond as quickly as possible to all that. Uh, so, to reach out with any questions, and because this is a process that only works if people are engaged. Cool. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you.
0: And uh, yeah, Godspeed. Hey, appreciate it. <laughs> all right, bye.